Loving God, loving people. Welcome to Shiloh Church in Oakland, California. Here's today's message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. If you could open up your Bibles, uh, the name of this, if you all need a title for your notes there or for your app or whatever you're using, it's Beyond the Blessing. We've been in this Beyond series. We end it today, but Beyond the Blessing. And as we get into the Word, you'll understand that a little bit more. But open up your Bibles to Ephesians 4. And I've been using um, a different version to talk about, uh, to read this scripture, Ephesians 1, 4, 1, where it talks about um, walking worthy of the calling that God has called you to. So inside of you is a calling, right? Inside of you, God has placed a calling. You may be trying to discover that purpose now, but let me tell you, that purpose is already inside of you. It's part of who God called you to be, and this world is trying to understand its purpose. I mean, to where it does crazy things like you've seen on the news yesterday, and we'll pray for for that Jewish community um, later on, but just... Just to know there's a calling, and if we don't have call God in our lives, it becomes very frustrating because we, we focus on the wrong things that we think will bring satisfaction to our lives. But if you open up your Bibles to Ephesians 4.1, I want to read it in the message because I love um, the way the message puts it here as we end this series. It says, in the light of this, so this is a therefore. So this, normally when you see therefore or in the light of this, God just finished telling you something. God just finished telling us in the letter before, in, in this letter that, that's been written to the church of Ephesus, Paul is saying, in him, in you, you already have, you have the power. There is a power at work in your life. Right now, God is, and his Holy Spirit are doing something inside of you. And you need to live with that assurance. I don't know what you're facing right now, but I don't care how big that giant is. Know that the Holy Spirit is at work on your behalf. And I would actually say today, if you're facing challenges in your life at work, in your life right now, you should be excited. Because that means God's up to some big stuff in your life. Amen? I want you to hear that. That means God is up to some big stuff in your life. Do not look at the mountain in front of you. I want you to, and and if God's got challenges in your life, it's because he's honing out. He is increasing capacity. He's making that vessel, which is you, bigger to contain the great thing he has for you. Amen? Tell your neighbor, more is coming. So in, in light of this, Paul's saying, Here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there. Tell your neighbor, get out of here. And walk. Amen? Better yet, run. On the road God called you to travel. Get out of the rut you're in and run this thing God's called you to. Not tomorrow, not when you got it all ironed out, not when you got a new car. Now, tell your neighbor, now. Now. I want you to get out there now. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. Now. I don't want any of you strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. Listen to me. If you're on a path of nowhere, I'm going to give you some great advice right now. You need to write this down. Get off that path. If you feel like you're on a path nowhere, that might be a relationship you're in. Ooh, it's getting quiet. If you're trying to beat that dead horse, if you're trying to make something happen, let me tell you, if, if it's God, you don't need to finagle it. If it's God, you don't need to force it. Now, that doesn't mean it comes easy. It doesn't mean I need to sidestep God now and work these things out. If it's God, he'll work it out. You need to keep doing what he's called you to do now. See, God's got to now know the Holy Spirit's working in you for not just now, but for tomorrow. And the Bible actually says, don't worry for tomorrow. Work your now. Live your now. Live that calling now. Amen? Stop strolling off 
down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you did this with humility and discipline. Not, hold on, listen to this. I love the way the message puts it. Not in fits and starts. How many times do we say, I'm going to start this? I'm going to do that. And we fit and start, but it says, but steadily run that race. Pour yourself out for each other. Exhaust yourself for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. Don't let discouragement, don't let you looking at others with their issues cause breaches. Don't allow any broken fences. Do what God's called you to do now. Amen? God's clearly defined a path for you. He's got a path. Your spiritual journey, the walk He has for you, God wants you first to know Him personally. That's why at Shiloh we got pathways and all these classes. That's why we every Sunday we have a salvation prayer. God wants you to know Him personally. He doesn't want you to know about Him. He doesn't want you coming to church and church be, Sundays be the only day you commune with God. He wants you in an intimate, vibrant, real, personal relationship with Him. Then He wants you to find freedom. That's why we have a night of healing. That's why we have a freedom ministry. This, this, that's why we have cleansing streams. Because what it does is it removes the weeds in your way that prevent you from seeing clearly the purpose God has for your life. It keeps you, it, it causes you to stop living and believing the lie. So that's what this freedom ministry is all about. So you can clearly see that tomorrow God's got something already planned for you. That you can clearly see your life is more than just your issues. Your God is bigger than your issues. Your God is bigger than your challenges. And we want you to discover your purpose. That's what this whole grow track's about. There's something here. We want to make it so easy for you to understand your purpose. And ultimately, it's all so that you can make a difference. God's called you into this world. He's brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this to make a difference. That is the ultimate purpose. To see God do some amazing things in your life and through your life now. Amen? Now. Tell your neighbor, now is the time. During this season, you see Harvest Festival set up. You heard about Thanksgiving baskets. We got the Christmas dinner coming up. We don't do these things just because we like being busy at the end of the year and we want to hurry up into 2019. We do this as a reminder that this is the way we should live every day. Not for myself, but for others. Not to be just blessed in myself, but understanding that the blessings... God has given me are not just for me, but they're for somebody else. Amen. And let me tell you, there's some of us in the room today that are living frustrated because we're trying to kick yesterday's miracle to happen again today. But God is saying, that was yesterday's miracle. That was yesterday's manna. That was yesterday's bread. I got fresh bread, fresh blessings, fresh miracles for you now. How many of you have watched that HGTV hoarders? Some of us are blessing hoarders. You got so many blessings. Look around. Look at your neighbor. Look at their pockets. Look at their purses. All those blessings they're walking around with. Come on, living with yesterday's blessings. And God's saying those were yesterday's blessings. They're going rancid and bad because that was for yesterday and that blessing wasn't for you to hoard in your closet. That blessing was for you to pour out in other people. Live pouring yourself out so that God can give you fresh blessings today. Amen? God's called us to impact people's lives. He wants you to so influence the lives of others that they will praise the name of Jesus. You want to have, live a fulfilled life? It's when we do it God's way. 
It's where we do it according to God's pattern, His system. Open up your Bibles to John 15. It says there, and I love this chapter. If you go to John 15, it talks about the vine. It talks about being connected to the vine and the fruit that will produce and not letting the little foxes spoil the vine. And what happens when we're not in the, in, 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 in connected to the vine and, and how we wither away and, and all this. But then if you go to verse 8, it says, But this, by this my Father is glorified. I want you to hear this. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to bear much fruit. See, God wants people to see His people as blessed. See, the proof of us being disciples is that we bear much fruit. But not just to walk around and say, look at all the fruit in my pocket. Look at all the fruit I got. Some of you got some fruit going bad now because you have not given that fruit away. You're eating yesterday's apple. Yesterday's fruit. There's a story when, when Melinda and I were dating, we went camping. And my, my brother, I was going to say my son, but my little brother in those days went fishing. And he went all by himself. I don't know, what was he, like seven, eight, nine years old? Kind of scary. Anyway, he was old young we were not as old as we are today and uh, we were dating and we were in a three-bedroom tent my mom put was in the middle Melinda was on one side and I was on the other some of you are in one-bedroom tents you need a three-bedroom tent all right and you need to put somebody in between you and that relationship you know what I'm talking about amen Uh, that's revelation from the Lord amen stop it in Jesus's name all right there we go so we had my mom in the middle, Melinda on one side, I was on the other, plus uh, the plethora of brothers and sisters I had. So we were out, and my brother was out fishing, and he caught a fish. Well, he wanted that fish for himself. So he put that fish headfirst in his pocket. And we're up in Eureka, and it was hot, and all of a sudden, at the end of the day, in the evening, we're all around a campfire, and it reeks of dead fish. And we're smelling each other. We're like, we all smell bad, but somebody smells beyond bad. Well, it was my brother. He had put the fish in there, didn't want to tell anybody, and it was stuck in there going bad. We had to cut his pocket and ended up throwing away that fish that could have fed us dinner. Some of you got fish in your pockets and you stink and you smell bad and you're not giving that fish out and you're hoarding it all for yourself and you're wondering why nobody wants to hang out with you and it's because you're festering of the blessings of God but you're saying they're all me and not for you. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. Because see, God's blessed you to bear much fruit So you will be my disciples. I want you to hear this. Verse 11 goes on to say, These things I have spoken you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. God wants you full of joy. But we need to understand that the fruit and the joy He wants to live out is not just on Sunday at 11 o'clock. He wants us to live this out outside of these four walls. He wants us to live our life in the world, showing and bearing much fruit. It is in our DNA to not just be called, but to live out our lives in joy, to have full joy. Some versions say complete or fulfilled. Live in joy fulfilled. But we live looking at what others have and not doing what God has called us to do. And the enemy wants you to live my problem focused. My issues. My sickness. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. You don't understand how bad I got it. You don't understand how I was abused. You don't understand how my husband treats me, how my wife treats me, how my kids treat me. You don't understand. Yeah, well, maybe I don't, but God does. Amen. And he is able to do above we could ever ask, think, or imagine. And if you want your blessings to be your issues, well, keep them in your pocket and don't walk this thing out. 
Because God's called us as his disciples to be known as his disciples, to live our lives in a way where we bear much fruit, where we live experiencing complete joy. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to have complete joy. Complete joy. God doesn't just want to use you to do the work of the ministry. He wants you as his kids to know complete joy. Let me tell you, real joy is not great vacations. Real joy isn't another degree. Real joy isn't if, 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 uh, if the Dodgers lose the World Series. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Well, we're A's and, and San Francisco fans. You can't, the Dodgers just can't win that, right? I mean, they just can't in Jesus' name. That's not real joy. Real joy isn't whether the Warriors make it to the championship or not. That might be fun and good. Real joy isn't more money. Real joy isn't making tons of money. Real joy is living that life that transcends my now. Frank Damasio talked about that next level. God has a next level for you now. But you've got to live now. You've got to live and understand you are blessed now. Come on, how many of you say, I am blessed? No, I mean, how many of you have experienced the blessing of God in your life right now? Even better yet, how many of you have experienced the blessing of God even when you didn't deserve it? Come on, you could do better than that. I don't deserve my kids. I don't deserve my wife. Even my mom told me she was too good for me. I didn't deserve it. But God blessed me. And God wants to bless your socks off, but just not for you. God wants you bearing much fruit, not just for you. He wants this kingdom lifestyle, this kingdom mindset. Luke 4, 43 says, Jesus said, I was sent for this purpose. Where you would understand it's more than just the day-to-day -day living. I've called you to live to a kingdom level. He wants you to have vision in your life of the kingdom of God. Even Jesus had to pray that last prayer that night. Father, not my will, but yours be done in my life. I want us to leave today understanding who God has called us to be as the church. Amen? Because I believe it's when we understand in this place of understanding that God blesses us so we can bless others. Amen? He wants us to live according to His system, according to His pattern, according to who He's called us to be. Amen? Genesis 12, 2 and 3 talks about this blessing, being living beyond the blessing, how there's more than, God has more than just for you. Amen? Remember the children of Israel when they were eating yesterday's manna? What was wrong with it? It was rotten and spoiled. God has something greater. And he, built, he blessed them that way so that they could step into their next level of blessing, which was cities. God wanted to give them cities. I want you to hear that. God wants to give you cities. He wants to give you your family. He wants to give you your neighborhood. He wants all, Bible says, all nations coming unto him. All nations. I want you to see this blessing. Genesis 12, 2 and 3. We all know he's talking to Abraham here. And he says, I will make you a great nation. See, Abraham didn't understand what he was talking about here. All Abraham wanted was a kid. Some of us, all we want is a Cadillac. God, I just want another $5 an hour. But here, God's saying, I will make you a great nation. And I will bless, bless you and make your name great. And not only that, I shall and shall make you a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you. There will be provision there already for you. He's saying, I already got working it out. I've already got people, even non-Christian people, working it out where you can be blessed in that arena, not just so that you're blessed, but so that that blessing can flow through you so you can live beyond the blessing. 
I will make it all work out for you. Quit making it work out for yourself. Stop telling God, I got you, God, let me do this one. Come on, how many of you have done that before? Huh? We know a whole people that took the long route because they tried to work it out their own way. And God's saying, quit doing it your way. I got a better way for you. The Bible says, I'll bless those. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, I want you to hear this, in you, say, that's me. In you, all families, some versions say, all nations of the earth shall be blessed. In you, all nations. I was thinking when we were up in, the, in these villages saying, Lord Jesus, what am I doing here? Why am I here? God said, all nations will be blessed because of you. All nations. Even 9,172 miles away in Owasa, all nations will be blessed unto you. All peoples. I will work things out for you, not just for you, but for all those around you. Come on. Some of you need to get a little more excited. You're living for your blessings, but God's saying, no, my blessings are better than the blessings you want. My blessings flow into you and become a blessing to others. Come on, you need to get a little excited about that. All people, a life that extends beyond me, beyond me to the nations. Amen? And we as God's people have the right to claim this promise now, 4,000 years later. Look what Galatians 3.14 says. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a Gentile. <laughs> Except Pastor Nina, you're a Jew. And any other Jew that might be in here. The rest of us are Gentiles. And that's not a curse word. Look at him and say, you're a Gentile. Come on, like you're cursing at him. Say, you're a Gentile. You tell him that's right. And look what it says. And with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. Listen to this. So that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Remember back in Ephesians 3, the last verses. There's somebody inside of you working out all these blessings right now. Amen. See, Jesus is saying, I didn't come to just bless a person. I came to bless a people. And I will pour out that blessing that I wanted to pour out on Abraham and that I did pour out on Abraham. I will pour out on you. But see, you're, you will be tested with the blessing you be, you've been given. Abraham was tested. He thought it was all about that boy Isaac. Remember, he finagled that thing. We did a whole series on that. He finangled. He tried to work that thing. He got himself some Hagars. He got himself some other kids. He worked that thing. And some of you have been trying to work that thing and God's saying, that's not what I have for you. What I have for you is better. And remember, Isaac came, and Abraham came to the place where what he thought he was blessed with, God had more for him. I want you to hear this. Because he, there came to a place where even Isaac had to be in on it. See, your blessings right now are just not for you. There will be a point where God will say, will you give it all up for me? See, because God didn't want to just bless him with an Isaac. He wanted to give him nations. The Bible, he said, said I want to give you more, more than even the sands that you can count. More than the stars. I got more for you than you can imagine. You're stuck on Isaac, but I got bigger than Isaac. See, you're stuck on what you need now. And God's saying, I got more for you than that. And Abraham came to the place. I want you to hear this. In the culture of that day, I don't have time to go into it. I didn't even touch this in the first service. But in the first time of that day, Abraham, in that culture he was living in, they would sacrifice their kids. And in that culture... God wanted to say, are you going to put your trust in the culture's way or what I have for you? Are you going to separate yourself or do you believe that even in the midst of this culture, I could do something great? And here he is, Isaac, going up with his brother. The Bible says, actually, he was carrying that wood on his shoulder, which is a great representation of Jesus Christ. Amen? But he walked up with him 
And what did he tell his servant? Abraham told his servant, we will be back. I don't know how I'm coming back, but I will be back. God's commanded a blessing. I don't know how he's going to do this thing, but we will be back. The Bible said he had to put his one blessing on the altar of sacrifice. He had to bring it as an act of worship to God, saying, God, I trust you more than I trust the blessing. I want you to hear this. Because in this culture right now, God needs a people that will trust not just, not the blessing, but the blesser. Not what God has given you, but what he's called, the calling he's placed inside of you. We're living today as blessing hoarders. And God say, no, I got more than you, than your talents and your abilities. I got more. And I've been challenged with that. Actually, in these days, Melinda and I have been having these conversations. We wanted our kids so bad. We struggled with them. We've seen them go through hell. And, and we've prayed and fasted and healings and all that God has done. The, you know, we got two kids after six pregnancies and three live births and we're like these are our blessings but we've had these days say God you do with them whatever you want because these are not my life just so I can be a blessing actually we were sitting the night after we were all came back remember we were living in a hut for one night and before we went to bed we were listening to all the hyenas remember that it was amazing we saw like 30 hyenas come up and and uh, and and then we're in outside on a fire now you hear like hyenas in the background it's kind of interesting you know pigeons one thing seagulls one thing hyenas your neighbor's dog barking one thing hyenas that's a whole different game <laughs> and we're sitting there and a man says he begins to say you guys are i could see in your marriage we had been on the whole trip together and he says i could see in your marriage you're so blessed and we have been talking the whole time about marriage and following Jesus. And we were living with these people we had never met before and talking and going into some gruff situations. And we were able to talk about marriage. And he was so blessed because he saw the blessing of our marriage. And you know what I told him? I said, it was not as good as it looks now. But then at that point when I was walking away and Melinda was saying, why are you telling them all the great blessings we have? I thought, you know, because our marriage isn't just for us. God doesn't just want me to live in this blissful relationship, me and Melinda, none of you are allowed. He wants me to live this thing out in a world and so the world can see this is what you could have if you do it God's way and not your own way. Was it all roses? No. But it's, it's, God wants you to live this thing out loud. Quit living it with your blessings here in, your, in the church. He wants you to do it God's way. It is God's people who are called to go into all the world. It is God's people that are said, go and reach those people that I care about so much. It's those. Galatians 3.14 says, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles. We have that promise of Abraham. It is a benefit, amen, when we slow down, like on days like this, and are reminded, this is why I exist. Quit letting life direct you. You need to slow down and every day say, Jesus, why do I exist? God has blessed me, and I can't forget that. Tomorrow when you wake up, you need to say, I am blessed. Lord, let me not forget the blessings I have in you. Amen? Because we don't, let me, you need to write this down. We do not find our purpose in the blessings. See, a lot of us live life for the blessings. It is not in the blessing that we find our purpose. It's His, his blessings are just tools by which we live out our purpose. Did you hear that? We are not called to live for the blessings. His blessings are the tools by which we live out our purpose. It's like somebody who's into construction and he's got all the tools, he's got the skill saws, the hammers, and he hoards them all in his shed, in his garage. He's even got a beautiful pegboard and outlines them and doesn't allow anybody to touch them. Some of you got some of the tool sheds like that right now, huh? The tools are all rusted. Skill saws from the 1950s haven't been used once. Haven't built one thing with those beautiful tools. Instead, you're hoarding them and you can't even enter the shed. 
You can't even get into the garage because of all, you got all the tools to do what God's called you to do, but you haven't put them to use because we're hoarding the blessing. Abraham could have said, no, I will not go to that mountain and we would not be the people we are today. But because he was willing to lay down the blessing and say, God, I know you got something bigger than this. If you bless me with this, then that means you're going to bless me with this and then some. God's not out to rob you. He wants to bless you. He wants nations to see these are my people and they are blessed. Actually, Paul writes this letter to Timothy and he tells his congregation, actually he says, command the congregation. Tell the rich folks this. Tell your neighbor, you're rich. I could tell. You're fat. P-H-A-T. You're rolling in Come on, you know, how many of you rich? Come on, raise your hand. You are rich. Because of Jesus, you are rich. You need to recognize. You be rich. What's so funny? You rich too. You are rich. First Timothy, this is what he says. Command those who are rich in this present world to not be arrogant, to not put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Don't put your hope in 401s, in the stock market, in your hourly wage. Don't put your hope in government. Don't put your hope in Donald Trump and the Republicans. Don't put your hope in the Democrats. Don't put your hopes in the system of this man, of this world. Don't put your hope in the culture you see out there, but put your hope in God. Why? Look what he says, because he richly provides us with everything. And look what he says, not for other people's enjoyment only. What does it say here? For our enjoyment. God's providing for your enjoyment. Command them. Say, tell your neighbor, God's talking to you. Do good. Be rich in good deeds. Be generous. Be willing to share. In, listen to this. In this way, you will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for their coming age. Quit living for now. There's an eternity for you. Quit laying up treasures here. Let me tell you, I've done a lot of funerals. I have yet, I have yet to see anything go with people. They all get put in a box or they all get lit on fire and they're not there anymore. Then all their kids are left fighting it out over the stuff. I see, I mean, there's some people in here who got family issues. Your uncle sits over there and you sit over here because you don't like them. Because they got a sewing machine and you didn't get the sewing machine. Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. Yeah, I know. That's what happens when we talk about it because you know you're rich. We know we're fat. We got all this stuff and the Lord's saying, quit accumulating for now. Listen to what it says. Listen to what it, I love this last, this last section here in verse 19 after the comma. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You want to know what it really is to live? Do it God's way. Take hold of what God is telling you right now. It's for your enjoyment. Yeah, but it's not just for you. It's for others. We don't believe in that aesthetic theology where, where the only way you could be holy is if you're poor and broke. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying, God's saying, hey, it's for your enjoyment. But as my kids, I don't want you to just enjoy it. I want you to bless others because you understand that you're my kids and I take care of your needs, not your employer, not your government. I got your back. God's got me. There's nothing you can do to me. God's got me. Melinda was getting worried when we were crossing some rivers. I was so proud of this woman. Um, we crossed this river. I mean, this is the place where you got four-wheel drive vehicles and the water goes up halfway through the door. We pass this river and we were in two different vehicles. And so mine went through first and I got out to video this potential 
viral YouTube thing. Because I was thinking, man, that thing's going to get swept away. I'm going to get it on YouTube and I'm going to post it and I'm going to go viral. Millions of viewers. And my wife's in that vehicle. So I take video and I see her coming through like nothing. She's coming through and she gets through that and she's smiling big. And I was like, that's it. And, she's, and, and, and she said, you know, where are you bringing me? What, what, what happens if something happens? And I said, you don't need to worry. There's only two places we go. We're either going back home or we're going back to heaven. It's win-win. Amen. God's got our back. But my wife, she's four. I mean, you haven't been four-wheeling the way my wife has been. You've not been to the places my wife's been. I could actually say that in the name of Jesus. Amen? See, it's not, the blessing God has for you is not everything. We got to understand God's way. This, we need to understand what life and what true life is all about. You are rich. It's funny how, and right now you're saying, I'm not rich though. I can hardly get by. Well, let's be honest. It's because you owe so much money to Macy's. That's why you can't get by. Got quiet all of a sudden. Because you're living fat, fat. Because somebody lent you money because they see the potential in you. It's funny, Macy sees something more in you. He said, I'll put them to work. Let them bless me. They don't want to live in the blessing. Let them bless me with 21%. Ooh, it's getting quiet all of a sudden. We need to do a finance series. Amen. Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. See, none of us think we're rich. We all know somebody who's rich, and we know we're not as rich as they are rich. But you talk to that person, hey, are you rich? And you know what they'll tell you? I'm not rich. They got somebody else they're looking at that's rich. Let me tell you a fact. 1% of this world, 1%, the top 1% of this world has a household income of $40,000 a year. Ooh. That's why I can say without a doubt, you are rich. I went to a place where they don't even have a do- they don't even make a dollar a day. Now, I'm not trying to shame you. I'm not trying to guilt you into understanding this. I don't believe in that. I believe guilt and shame don't work. I believe Jesus went to the cross for our shame. Our shame's nailed up on that cross. But I'll tell you what, as God's people, as his people, we are called to be responsible. When we were out there with Ethiopia, in Ethiopia, I was thinking, what in the world am I doing here? You know what the Lord said? You're called to be responsible here. You not only have a Bible college for equipping people, I've called the nations to you. And as we're out there, we're, we're talking to these people. The way God has used us is amazing. See, Jesus came to remove the guilt. It's not about guilt. Tell your neighbor, it's about responsibility. See, God sees those who have been blessed, not just have been blessed, they've been given a responsibility. They've been given a responsibility. And I pray that we as a church live that responsibility out all the time. Let me tell you, and I'll tell you why. Because I believe God has more for us. I want to be honest with you. Can I be honest with you? Shiloh is a blessed church. We got no debt. We got no debt. We pay our bills. We pay our employees. We do well. But you know what? You asked them. I just told them months ago. I said, listen, we can live in maintenance mode, but God has not called us to maintenance mode. God has called us to impact the world. Out of that ugly thing you see across the street, which now we shut down and we're working out of these pods in the back and on the side, we feed 24,000 people every year. We're one of the biggest, if not the biggest, food pantry in Alameda County. Let me tell you, that's without, no, 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 don't clap, because that's without trying. Sometimes that's even below maintenance mode. Imagine if we put some intentionality in. See, God's put us in this city not to look at the homelessness and say, look how blessed I am. But God's given because there's a responsibility. We are called to serve and to do something great. He hasn't put us here to just say, oh, our city is the human sex trafficking city of the world. No, he's put us here to make a difference about it because we are blessed as God's people. And you know what I realized? Melinda and I, we were talking about this as we're driving in these villages. We send our checks and we pay our bills and we do these good deeds for other people, but are we really doing the best God wants us to do? See, the Bible talks about the acceptable will of God and the perfect will of God. There's the good thing and there's the best thing. 
And am I just appeasing? Look what I did. I wrote my check and I blessed you. Or am I really intentionally living responsibly saying, God's put me in this world because he wants, he wants me to be that conduit of blessing to reach those that are far from him. I believe that's what God's called. He's placed us with and He's placed us where He's placed us to be a blessing. Luke 12, 48, Jesus said, When someone has been given much, what does it say? Much will be required. Come on, how many of you have been given much? Come on, raise your hand. How many of you have been given much? Then it goes on to say, when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. He's saying more not to exhaust you. He's saying, pour yourself out so I could pour more in. Pour yourself out because I got more to pour in. I believe God has even more for us. He wants us to have more so we could bless more. Did you hear? I believe that. 2 Corinthians 9.11 says, You will be enriched. Tell your neighbor, God's talking to you. And tell him, man, he's talking to me. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Then look what it says, goes on to say. And through us... Your generosity will, be, will result in thanksgiving to God. You will be enriched in every way. In money. You'll be enriched in wisdom. You'll be enriched in time. In talents. In ideas. In opportunities. In a, you will be enriched in every way. Let me ask you, if, are there people around you that are thanking God because of the blessings in your life? That's the test. Put up that picture, Richard. We, Rick, we were just in... The, no, not that one. The, the other one with the elders. The other one with the elders. There's this picture that I have here of us, the team. We were in these villages. Some of these villages, I told you, people got to go four and a half hours each way just to get water. There, there, were, there were places where people were were so appreciative to see the elders of these villages time and time again not just one village but every village to see the elders come out and all they can say is they and we had a translator they would say we are praising god because in our lifetime we never thought we would see this we never thought we would see God in such a tangible way. And I believe there's a world out there that's waiting for the creation of God to rise up and allow to be God to be glorified in their lives so that they can say, look what God has done in my, in my life because of you. Because of you. Because of what God has done. You can see these men praising tears running down their face. Them saying, I praise God because of you. Because of the blessing that has flown through you. You don't understand. You see communities that have been transformed. Imagine creating a water source that's within 30 minutes, 15 minutes each way in all this whole region called Bensa. Imagine how your life changes. Imagine how it's transformed. Imagine how God all of a sudden um, begins to transform. And it's all because of some money. We gave money for, we, we built two wells and a latrine at a school. The school's there, two, these are the stories where you got 2,000 kids in a rural school where they walk, they walk 8, 9, 10, 12 miles to get to school, and they're all going to the bathroom in one hole. Think about that, 2,000 kids going to the bathroom in a hole. Imagine, and all of a sudden we build latrines, we have pictures you could look at, the Shiloh Church website or, or, or my Facebook account and I put some pictures there. You could see these latrines all of a sudden where there were flies. It's clean. You know what they said? We thought it was normal to live sick every day. Where these people spend half of their income on medicines because of the sick. They thought it was normal to have diarrhea and gastrointestinal issues. And all we did was provide a water source. And it's amazing because you see people would run out to us and say, my life is changed because of what God is doing through you. 
See, it's interesting in the Jewish culture and tradition, the inheritance, the double portion goes to the oldest. It's a commanded thing in Deuteronomy 21, 17. It talks about how the firstborn gets the double portion. And it's not because it's a right. I want you to hear this because there's a responsibility attached to it. The Bible says it's so that the world, so that others can see the strength of the Father flow through others. It says actually in Deuteronomy 21, 17, for he is the beginning of his strength. Because God wants people to see the beginning of his strength in us. Amen? That's why we're so blessed. Our nation has been blessed. We have been in the past one of the greatest mission-sending nations. We've been blessed so we can be a blessing. That's stopping. Now other nations are sending people to us. But let me tell you, the Bible's very clear. In the New Testament church, we are the church of the firstborn. Hebrews 12, open your Bibles, Hebrews 12. It says, look after one another so that no one of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root or bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Don't let all the issues corrupt you where you don't allow the blessings of the Lord to flow through you. Don't let the difference of where the world is at in its relationship with God cause bitterness to where it corrupts you. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau. What did Esau do? He sold his birthright for stuff. You could say a suit, but he sold it for stuff. He had sheep. He had everything. But he saw something he wanted at that moment, and he sold his birthright for for that the bible says that afterward he wanted the father's blessing but it says he was rejected it was too late hebrews 12 23 then goes on to say and you have come to the assembly of god's firstborn children tell your neighbor you've got firstborn rights you've got double blessings come on you've got firstborn responsibility amen Father, let us not forget what the blessing is for. Let us not forget what the more you have given us is for. In November, we're going to give out kindness cards. And they're going to say what you just saw on the screen there. A little something to show you how much God loves you. And you're not going to give out that card alone. You're going to buy somebody a cup of coffee and give that card. You're going to buy them a McDonald's. I don't recommend McDonald's, but, you know, whatever you got to do. All our team, when we arrived to Chicago, we're watching the luggage. They say, we're all going to go get some food. They come back, and what are they holding? Golden arches. Horrible. All eating McDonald's and chicken biscuits and hash browns. Nasty. Nasty. But if that's what you want to do, curse somebody with McDonald's, go ahead. The cursing. Pay for somebody's toll. I believe we're going to hear stories of people saying, my life was changed because somebody blessed me. Buy somebody a Pete's coffee. I told you the story a few weeks back of a family who knew me from B.C. before Christ, and we blessed them. We bought their meal. We bought their meal. The last memory of me was not what I used to be before Christian. Their last memory of me was who I am as a blessed believer in Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to do it, not just us, not just the leaders. We're going to do it together as a church, and we're going to see a Bay Area change. I believe we're going to inundate this city, our region, with those cards, and people are going to say, there's something different about that place. Amen? And we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to enjoy it. Let me tell you, I want you to hear this, and I'm going to read this scripture as we close, Isaiah 58. Start opening it up. Isaiah 58, 5, we're going to start But this scripture is very clear. God is looking for those that are motivated to bless others. There's things God wants to do in your life. He's just looking for you to do it His way. He's just looking for you to say, this is the way I'm going to do it. Look what it says. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it just a, what he's saying, is this just a religious act? 
Is it only for bowing one head like a reed or for lying in sickcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? That's not what I want. Look what he says. This is what God is looking for. Is not this the kind of fast I've chosen? I've called you to loose the chains of injustice. Father, right now we pray, Father, for what's happened in, in over in Philadelphia in this synagogue, Father. Father, we don't know the reasons. We don't understand. Father, help us not listen to the rhetoric. Help us get down on our knees and pray and take action to see a stop in injustice, in racism, in this house, in this city, in this world, in the name of Jesus. Haven't I chosen you to untie the cords of the yoke? Haven't I chosen you to set the oppressed free? Haven't I called you to break every yoke? Isn't it not to share your food with the hungry? Haven't I called you to provide the poor wander with shelter? I believe God doesn't want us to just give to homelessness. I believe God's given the church the solution to end homelessness in the name of Jesus. Pastor Jules, it blew my mind. I saw villages eradicated of disease by an act an act eradicated it was so we would walk through unhealthy villages and slip and you don't even want to know what then you would go to the villages that have been changed all by the people it's the people they rise up and say we want this and they would begin to teach these initiatives of how to be healthy how to wash your hands sanitation getting rid of open defecation all this stuff i never looked at more bathrooms in my life i mean holes and they were so proud to show look at my latrine look at how i've made it i mean they make them out of huts with grass and dig hole stoppers vents i mean it was amazing they were praising God. Thank you. They were saying, thank you, Jesus, for you. For you. Thank you, Jesus, for you, for what you do. I'm praising God for you. Is it not that? When you see the naked, aren't you called to clothe them? And not turn away from your own flesh and blood. I believe God's called. Pastor Chris, I believe. And you tell me, have we not been saying this? I believe God's not called us to just feed 24,000 in our city. I believe God's called us any school, any child, anybody that's hungry. They should not be hungry. If Shiloh is here, there should be no hunger in the city of Oakland in the name of Jesus. I believe it. That's why we change the way we take the offering. I'm not going to coerce you. I trust the Holy Spirit with his work he's doing in you. And he's going to speak to his people. And he's going to say, do this. I took a second offering. I'm going to open it. I'm going to share it all. I took a second offering sometime back, if you remember, for Ethiopia. You asked the pastors. That next day on Monday, I told them when I was taking that offering, God convicted me for doing that. Because he said, I've given you all you need now. And he wasn't just talking to me. He's talking to us. Everything we need to do what we need to do, God's given us now. We have all the resources. We have it all. Let me tell you, we're a blessed church, but I believe God's called us to be even more blessed. And it's not just because of the management ability of a few people. I believe it's us as the people of God unified saying, we're going to do this thing. And we will not be glorified. God will be glorified. God will be glorified. God will get the glory. I don't want to. I love that. Not one of these elders said my name. They didn't say, oh, Pastor Javier, thank you for what you did. Thank the church, Shiloh. Thank you. No, no. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That's what I want. A city that says praise God for the people of God that live there. Who's praising the Lord in your workplace and on your neighborhood because of you living in it? I believe that's the challenge. Look what he does. He says, you do these things and look what I'm going to do for you. Look what I do for you. One, verse eight. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. You want revival? You want God to move? Look at You do these, do it my way, God says. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Two, and your healing will quickly appear. You want miracles? Do it my way. 
Three, then the righteousness, your righteousness will go before you. Four, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Five, then you will call and the Lord will answer. And you will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Because we understand who we are in Jesus. That's only five, six. And if you do away the yoke of the oppression and the, with pointing fingers and malicious talk, stop posting on Facebook. Stop tweeting what you've been tweeting, you tweeter. Come on. Stop doing that. Stop pointing. Oh, well, you know, it's because of the lifestyle and you're a heathen and you're a sinner. And let me tell you, that's not how they're coming to Jesus. They're coming to Jesus when you say, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to let God's love flow through me. I don't care if you're high. I don't care if you're fornicating. I don't care what lifestyle you're living in. That's not mine to judge. That's God. But I'm going to love you anyhow. And the more you do, and the worse you do, the more I'm going to love you. You can't stop me from loving you. Do you hear me? You can't stop. Ooh, that should be a song. We should sing it in the world. We got to record this song, Pastor Katie John. Do whatever you want. You can't stop us from loving you. God's blessings are going to flow through me to you. You're going to be transformed because of God, what he's done in me. I'm fat to bless you. I'm anointed. I got what I got, not for me, but it's for you, baby. It's for you. It's to meet you where you're at. And if you do away with the yoke, number six, with the pointing of fingers and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the need of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like new day. Seven, the Lord will guide your ways. Eight, he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Nine, and he will strengthen your friend. Nine, ten, and you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Eleven, your people we rebuild ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. Twelve, Listen to this. And you will be called repairs of broken walls. Restores of the street of Oakland. Restores of the Bay Area. Restores of San Francisco, San Jose, of this nation. That you will be known as those. Restores of streets with 12. God's just saying, you give me one thing, I'll give you 12. You do it my way and I will bless you. And others will be, will praise the name of Jesus. I believe the Lord is here. The Holy Spirit is here. It's just saying, who here will take on the responsibility of the firstborn? Not get shamed, guilted into it, shamed into it. Jesus didn't come to guilt us and shame us. Who here would say, I want to become God's favorite kind of people? I want to be the church God has called us to be. I want to get in the game. I want to do it God's way. I want to see how Him impact in my lifetime. I want to see Him impact my city, our state, and this nation, and this world with the glory of the Lord. I challenge you today. Don't let another Sunday come without impacting somebody's life. I know we don't have the little cards this week, but don't let this week go by without impacting the life of another person. Father, right where you're at, Lord, I pray that prayer Jesus prayed. Not my will, not my will, not my wants, but your will be done in our lives. Father, we wanna be those people that do everything we can with what you've blessed us with. Help us to be amazing stewards. Father, right now, I just praise you, even just myself. I don't know about these folks out here, but I just say, thank you for blessing me. Thank you for what all you've done for me. I thank you for blessing me beyond measure, even when I didn't deserve it. 
thank you for transforming me. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your kingdom. Father, help me to show your love to those that are on the outliers, the outskirts, the the ones I would never talk with or sit with. Lord, help me to show your love to them. Father, remove any desires of malice and ill will to those that are far away from you. Let everything I do bring glory, not to me, Not to me. I don't want my name on it. I want your name on it. I want you to be glorified. I want you to be praised. Father, I thank you for all you've done in this house. I thank you for how we've been able to bless so many. 805 students last year in the Bible College. A thousand this year. Father, I thank you we've been able to see villages change and feed the hungry. Father, but I know that is just the beginning. I believe you have even more. Bless your people so we can even be a greater blessing. If you're in the room right now and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, this is your day. The Bible says all you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. Right where you're at, if that's you, just repeat this prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I need salvation. And today I repent. I stop living my way and I live your way. I take a turn and go in the direction of the calling and the purpose you've placed in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. We invite you to join us at Shiloh Church for worship, prayer, and the message of God every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or watch us online at shilohchurch.com.